Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, I was thinking about you last weekend. Okay, that's good, I think. <laughs> we, uh, well, really, I was thinking about your family, more, more so than you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, were, you were down in Florida, I think, right, for, yes. for another Tony Robbins event? Yes, and, um, and we got dumped on. We got, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you guys got. It looked like Asheville got a little bit less than Black Mountain did, but Black Mountain had, I don't know, we, we had uh, 12 or 14 inches maybe, and I'm sure up in the mountains you probably got at least that much. Uh, you know, I don't think we did. I think I saw, because I was watching, because I was a little bit scared from being in Florida and my family here. Uh-huh. And like you said, our new place is kind of remote and just, it's like, I don't know. If, if It's easy for our power to go out and mm-hmm. we don't get phone service here. So if the power goes out, then there's no phone service. So you, it, the uh-huh. idea of being stranded is, is a very real one. Uh, yeah, and, and getting, I was thinking about you guys, I was like, there's no way they plow that road no, very very no. quickly, or if at all. Right, so I was I was watching that, and I saw, like, at one point, it it was possible to get 24 inches, we were in that mm-hmm. little band, but I also saw that it was a very narrow band, and I thought, that's probably not going to hit us directly. But anyway, they ended up getting, like, eight here, I think. Okay. So, okay. it was just the right amount, where it's lots and lots of fun, but not yep. really life-threatening or anything like that, so. Yeah. That yeah, we had uh, my, my we had a bunch of family in town. My sister and her family, and my mom and Katie's mom were all here to celebrate Eliza's birthday. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And and then like we just it just got so much snow. It just kind of kept coming and kept coming. <laughs> That's and we were great, trying though. to like. Oh, it was and super they fun. Have it all was, the family there, and yeah, it was like we all got snowed in. Their their Airbnb was was pretty close by, so didn't have to worry about that much. And mm-hmm. it was like it was it was a real adventure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I definitely missed it. I I love when the kids are off of school. It mm-hmm. just it feels like I'm getting a snow day for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I I missed the two off days and the two hour delay that they had and got back that night. So mm. missed all the fun. But uh, hopefully we'll have some more of that again. Of the non life threatening manner it would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, it, I don't know. I should have reached out to Aaron, I guess. But I was thinking, I was like, man, they they probably stuck up there. Take it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they prepared we we learned quick because we had the hurricane thing that happened whenever that was and we kind of learned how not fun it is when our power goes out here because then the, <laughs> then the, the toilet stopped flushing and the phone stopped working and it's just all oh, the stuff that, because of the well is yeah. that why oh. yeah so and we have a generator but it doesn't work that well or we didn't know how to work it or something but anyway we're good oh. now all stocked up in case things happen <laughs> so. the pending apocalypse <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. well well so, how yeah. was how was tony robbins I We've talked good. a lot about Tony over the over the course of this podcast, and we always do. And uh, when I go, and if you are actually interested, this was the Date with Destiny event, uh, which is I think of it as sort of his like signature event. It's not his it's not his entry level event that I went to ten years ago when I started No Meat Athlete, the one where you walk across the coals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not that one, but it's uh, it's one that's a little you know you don't have to have done that first. I say it's more advanced, but it, you don't have to. You could just you could just jump right into it. Um, but anyway. I don't want to get into all the details of it because it's just it's a. I don't think people need a whole another Tony Robbins episode, but we have one. We have one from two years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I did go to this event for the first time, and I think we probably talked about it in January of 2017 would be my guess. So if you want to, you know, scroll back through the archives, you can find that one, and uh, and check it out. But yeah, I I am. I don't know. I know there are a lot of people who don't like Tony Robbins, and I understand why. And it's not for everyone. I totally get that. But uh, it has helped me tremendously, and it always does. And I don't know. This somehow this week, like when I go do this week, it feels it's so much fun and good feelings being there. Like you're hugging people, and you know, dog, I'm not, I'm not a hugging, you know, <laughs> stranger kind of guy. Type. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I can appreciate that stuff, but I just, I don't know. It's not my thing. But at this thing, it, it's just for some reason, it's like I give myself permission to let loose and do that, and everybody is doing that. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It just, it just feels good. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll even keep doing some of that stuff. Who knows? Hey. But my point is, even if I get nothing else out of if I just did nothing after that, to spend a whole week feeling that many good feelings is pretty good. Like, I don't feel that many good feelings on a vacation. So mm. uh, even if there was nothing else, but uh, it's, it is very good. And I think there will be lots more other things that come of it. And, and I was, Doug, I, yeah, I was, well, I think you're probably about to say this. So I'll let you say it. That I, I met a podcast listener, an academy member there. Yeah. Her name is Courtney. And uh, we've actually talked to her a few times on the, the live Q&As that we do each month in the Academy. Oh, cool. She's been on there asking us questions about, uh, I think about traveling around, because she's a, I think she's a flight, not a flight attendant, I think she's a captain of an airplane 
Uh, huh. if, if I don't know if it's a thing. Can you be a captain of an airplane or just a captain who, for a for an airline, perhaps? That's probably I have, better. I have no idea. Uh, I don't even know what a captain does. I, that was the same <laughs> as a pilot. I don't know. I know what a captain no of a idea. ship is. Right. But anyway, uh, so she was. She asks us, has asked us before about how do you do training when you're always changing environments and changing temperatures and altitudes and all this stuff. And I'm sure we had no good answer for that. <laughs> who knows? Uh, but anyway, she, I think what happened... Oh, by the way, she did ask. She said, "When is Doug going to come uh, to one of these Tony events? Because you know, anyone who's mm. there is, is a is a Tony, whatever the word is, apologist, a Tony head." And, and yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so she wanted Doug to come. And I said, "Maybe we'll go to the to the coal event one day." Get Doug maybe to you know, maybe you gotta maybe if you if we went together, I think I could you get into that. I mean, they always do these two for one deals. I know. If if we went together, I think I, I could get into that. Well, we talked about that actually, Courtney and I, and then uh, she she reminded me that you have a, a young child right now and might not want to do that. But I said, well, well maybe time. <laughs> She's two now, so <laughs> that's what I said. I said when my when my kids were two, that's when I most was ready to like just get a little uh, kick in the pants sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just uh-huh. just get out of the situation for a little bit and then come sure. back with new with new life. Sure. So anyway. I well, so what I was going to ask was. Uh, did you did either of you know that the other person is going to be there, or did you just happen to run into? Because aren't there a ton of people at these things? There are. There were like five thousand at this one, and um, you just happened to see each other. Well, because you got yes. a picture. I saw it on the Pulse Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know she was going to be there, and I don't think. She, I think she recalled that I had mentioned a Tony Robbins event in the past couple weeks, and she assumed it was this one. Um, but we were just talking. We were. I was listening to someone talk like in a group listening to one of the one of the people who works there um talk about other events and i asked a question and then right at right after i said that before the guy answered she said hey i listened to you and uh (laughs) i think so i'm guessing what happened is she heard uh she heard my voice and then said oh wait a minute i know that voice and then looked at my name tag and confirmed and then that's that's my guess which i don't if that is true that would be the first time that i can recall that i got recognized by voice by your voice yeah, I would think that would happen more often, actually, than than otherwise, because I don't put my picture really up on like a lot of blog posts. It's not like that's uh-huh. a, a type of blog that we do, um, and we don't do video yet, as we famously do not do video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the bi- epic, the biggest fail of twenty seven, eight, twenty eighteen. But anyway, so who knows? That, that might have been a first, but it was cool. It was great. Always, always good. To, it's always a nice pat on the back to to see somebody, and I'm always very grateful to meet people and take pictures and all that stuff. Cool. So, That's fun. Yes, definitely. So now I'm amped up. Now I'm ready for New Year's and, and kicking ass and all that stuff. Rah, rah, <laughs> waving flags on chairs. That's what I'm ready to do. <laughs> is, that, is that what you do with Tony? You stand up on chairs and wave yeah, flags? Yeah, you don't. People do stand on chairs, but there's no flags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, is, that, is, that a, is that a soccer? Uh... No, I think it's just a... I think it's just a I've heard people say that before. It's a sign of <laughs> okay. excitement. Okay, sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I'm sure that. I'm sure that's what people say. That. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I am too. I am actually. I'm more pumped about this coming year than I've been in a while. Just in general, I have like a lot of a lot of things that I'm. I'm pretty excited about. Good. Feel, feel really good about about 2019. Yes, me too. I like to hear that because I always say that. New Year's is my favorite holiday, except for Black Friday, of course. But uh, <laughs> New Year's is one, I don't know. It's, it, when you were a kid, it was never the same as Christmas, of course. It just wasn't not the big jackpot that Christmas was. But that idea of a fresh start, you know, whatever that means, because it's not really a fresh start, and there's no reason you couldn't have a fresh start today if you didn't want to, or if you wanted to. But that idea that it is a new beginning and this, like, time that we have, like, it's a nice little signpost that we get once a year that reminds you to think back okay what have i done in the past year and how did it go and what did i fail at and all and i that's really useful i last year was probably the first time i actually wrote all that down and not as part of any goal setting program or anything i just took a piece of paper and wrote down all the things i did and i thought about 50 things that were really significant that i did and i thought of about five things that i was not happy with that having you know slid backwards in some area or something mm-hmm. and uh I, I just think i think new year's is a great time to do that kind of thing because it is always there that's when we think about those sorts of thoughts and I get excited about it, I, and I know the re- the resolution thing. It I mean, it's just everyone's favorite thing now to say how bad New Year's resolutions are. So right. I like being opposite that. And well, so what's the elevator pitch on why they're bad? The reason they are bad, or is, why people say they're bad. I mean, 
empirically, they do not work. If you just look at the numbers, people who set New Year's resolutions, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's 82% or whatever are gone by the second week of January. I mean, it's some. It's I don't some, know what numbers are, but it's 82%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's some non round number. Well, that alternative is, facts. That is above 75% uh-huh. that, uh, that is gone by the middle of January. The people are just done. And then some, some much, much higher number, 95% or something, don't, just don't achieve what they say they're going to do. And I think people understand that the reason that happens isn't that New Year's resolutions don't work. It's that the way we do them doesn't work. When you just show up at December 31st, and I used to do this, November th- or December 31st, you're all excited. And I remember thinking, okay, I got to set some goals today. And not dreading it, just like thinking, okay, I got to remember to do that before the end of the day. Because tomorrow's the, my clean slate time, and I need to have in mind what I'm going to be doing. And I've been, I've been at New Year's parties thinking about it. So after a couple of beers, like saying, okay, that's what I'm going to do this year. That's my thing. <laughs> Which is a terrible, terrible way to set a goal or make a resolution. I'm going to kiss mean, a you're pretty not, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you're not even writing it down. Uh, you, you very likely forget it the next morning. And, and if you happen to remember it, you may have already broken it, whatever it was. Uh, because you're in a horrible state at that point if you're hungover. And not, this is not an anti-drinking ad because you know i do plenty of that on new year's eve as well but set the goals before you do that <laughs> <With one, laughs> one tip, quick tip one takeaway <laughs> uh and write it down and then make a plan to actually look at it again because that's the other thing people write that things down put them in a drawer and then they they just don't see it until they pull out that notebook or whatever medium they use to write it down uh the next year and so of course they fail i mean any goal no matter what time of year you set it is going to fail when you do it that way so that's why that's why everybody loves to make fun of news resolutions and you know show how sophisticated they are by being above that. But <laughs> I think it's a great time to do it. But just because, I mean, it's a great time to set goals deliberately. Anyway, it's always a, it's a good habit to do. So if we have a day when it reminds us to do that, then I think that is wonderful. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for them. And you know what everybody everybody says, and you said it, and and I agree that like you can make those changes any time of the year. But I do, I really do think that there is something about uh, January first and it, just that time of the year, right? Because like if you're into sports, then most sports have stopped, and you know the, the seasons will start up in the next month or so, mm-hmm. few few months. Um, and if you're um, I don't know, like at work, you know everything is built on a physical year and um, you know, I, well, I guess most physical years are tied to taxes and not, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but like, there's just like a time when, when everybody, you know, there's just, it's just a really clean slate. It's like actually a good opportunity to, um, to hit the reset button or to start something new or, you know, to, to set these goals. And it actually, there is something about January 1st that's better than most days, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. And you didn't mention that that you were now clear of the most stressful month of the whole month from right. Yeah, year exactly. Promotion, right. When, uh-huh. when we eat badly, we drink more than usual, and we've got to buy all these presents. We're around family, often in close quarters with family for longer than you know is ideal. I guess we, we do it. It just it just uh-huh. tensions arise and stress happens. So it's it's just and then you're out of it. And I I feel like a lot of that calms down for me a couple of days after Christmas. And then you've got these few days of like you said, work is often off or nobody's doing anything if it is on and mm-hmm. sometimes it's snowing and there's this relative peace and quiet and chance to actually reflect and think about things and yeah i i get exactly the same feelings you do i get really excited about what i'm going to do next another thing is that there's the clean slate idea right that you have a clean fresh start and i think i think that is wrong i mean right there's nothing that is truly fresh and new about it if you're a smoker or a drinker or any other habit you want to get rid of um, it truly does not matter that that the calendar has has reset, right? There's there is no clean slate. Right. That is an illusion, of course. Um, mm. I think I just said there was a clean slate, but but I no, see what you're saying. <laughs> I, no, I know it, it. It is a it's the beginning of a new year, right? So if if it right. helps you to think of it that way, but you could do that whenever you want it, of course. Um, so I don't think it is that there's a reset. Cause, I mean, I think I think you can take some motivation from that. You can say, okay, I haven't smoked once this year. So I'm going to keep that streak going. Mm. And that probably will motivate you a little bit more than trying to do the same thing on November 29th, right? It's just you have a little more motivation that, that something larger is at stake here. And it's that it's the sort of artificial thing that in this year I haven't smoked. Um, so I think that will help you a little bit. But it doesn't really matter. But what, what does really matter is having a 
start date or quit date. Because what this is, and this is not my idea, this is just classic habit change stuff. Um, a lot of us, what we do is we wake up one day or we hit some sort of emotional threshold where the pain is too high of whatever our habit is or, or our lack of habit is. And we say, that's it. Beginning right now, this is changing for good or for however long. And I'm starting this new habit. And what happens if you've done that a couple of times, I know I've done that plenty of times, uh, where you do that and then you fail the next day. And then you try try the same thing again. The next day you wake up and you, you say, okay, now, starting now, I'm not going to do that thing. This time it only lasts six hours. And then eventually you, you wake up the next day and you try it again. And it just doesn't last at all, not even one hour. And then that's when you give up. And you say, well, I'm, I'm done trying to do that. I'm not good at making changes. And I obviously have no willpower, so I give up. And then you just accept whatever it is. And that's not good. What's way better than that in the habit change literature is to have an actual start date that isn't today where you say, on this day, I'm actually going to begin this change. That's my official starting point for this change. A lot of people think of that as a bad thing. They think, well, like if you if you have to put off until this certain date in the future to quit smoking rather than just doing it today, then all you're doing is procrastinating, right? People think that's not a good thing. But it turns out that it actually is because when you do that, now there's some actual importance to it. So if you set that quit date a week or two weeks in advance or that start date, depending on the type of habit you're trying to form or unform, uh, now there's this anticipation for it. And like you're, you start to get excited about it and you, you put in a week or two of, you know, thinking about it and maybe planning for it. And then when the day actually arrives, now it's somewhat more significant. Now it doesn't feel like I just get another chance at this tomorrow because especially with, with new year's, we have an actual day that we have picked out as this is the day when things begin. So mm -hmm. you don't necessarily get a chance of that, uh, magnitude for another year. If, if that's, if that is motivating to you, that it is the beginning of a new year. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So, so when, when you set something in advance like that, like say you're, you want to quit smoking or you want to go vegetarian, um, and you've set it you know, two weeks out and you've started like doing the planning and you like maybe even like, grocery shopping and all that stuff. How do you, what, like, what, do, what does the literature say about the, like the binging the, of the few days beforehand? I feel like that's what happens. It's like you're like, I'm not going to drink anymore for the next, I'm going to take 30 days off of drinking. <laughs> right. And so I'm just going to get hammered, <laughs> excuse me, hammered the night before. Uh, that, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm sure I have read about that somewhere. The only thing that comes to mind is I, I believe I've seen some people talk about that as a good thing. Like in, like in Tim Ferriss, um, in, his, in his, I guess it was his four-hour body book, where he has this off day of his diet, whatever it was, this low-carb diet, I think. Uh, and he encourages you to uh, just go crazy on your off day and just eat disgusting amounts of foods. Because he <laughs> says when you do that, it actually gets you to this point where you do not want that food anymore. It trains you not to want it. And I think I think having a really bad hangover it does a similar thing to people. Yeah, for um, a couple of days. That's the problem, right? It just lasts for a couple of days. And then once all the physiological signs of that are out of your body, uh, yeah. then it's sort of not that valuable but i guess if it was a hangover that was bad enough and this probably you probably do hit a threshold that way right if, if you just were throwing up all night long or something <laughs> or all day long which we which we are not <laughs> no I've, we're not I'm, saying you i've never that once much. done that no I, I don't think you should and th i'm not recommending this is the way you change a habit uh, <laughs> no. but yeah i don't know i mean i guess i guess if, if that would motivate you more i think than than just a mild hangover would i'm guessing it might yeah. also kill you <laughs> <laughs> No, that's true. I mean, that was like a time in college when I drank way too much vodka, and I, I probably had vodka maybe twice since, because I just can't stomach <laughs> yeah, the idea of it. Right. Um, but I don't see how that could be a good behavior because what I no. what I do think is the I mean, not just drinking, even if it's eating or whatever, like binging before your deadline hits is not because what we're going to re recommend in this very episode is the opposite of that. It's right. using that time before your big change happens to actually begin not just not just begin planning it but begin actually doing the action and just not just in a, in a smaller way so new year's is like one of the problems with new year's we, we talk all the time about the effectiveness of small steps habit change right very very tiny manageable steps that don't drain your willpower the very nature of new year's and having a day when everything begins or stops uh it kind of seems like it's it's not small steps it seems like it's like the flip the switch flips at midnight on december 31st and then it's and then it's now you're this new way and that's the opposite of small steps that is 100 percent all at once in one instant in fact um mm -hmm. 
so that that just is not going to work for most people. Um, so what what I like to do, and I really like this, and I discovered it kind of accidentally, maybe twelve years ago or something. Uh, and then later learned that wow, what what I was actually doing there is taking really small steps rather than waiting until the moment when I go all in all at once. Uh, is to start making that change beforehand. So it, people will be listening to this on probably what today, Doug? Tomorrow, maybe December fifteenth. Yeah. So yeah. halfway through December, so you got two weeks left, a little bit more than two weeks until New Year's. You know, take the weekend or whatever and figure out what your goals are. Take some time and actually do deliberately think about what they are, and then make the plans which we can talk about too. How, how do you plan for things like that? Um, but then I would say try to start taking action. Like if you've got, if you've got the, and so my story, how I found this, was that I was totally out of running. I had run a couple of marathons and I had gotten a stress fracture in a marathon that I, you know, had a disappointing result. And I, I improved on my best time, but I didn't nearly qualify for Boston like I wanted. And uh, I got a stress fracture in my foot and I took that as reason to, of course, take whatever, three, two, three months off, let it heal. Uh, and then that just became six months as it often does. And I guess now by this time it had become nine months and it was December. And uh, my wife, Erin, and I decided that we both wanted to start running again in the new year. But it was, it was like, I don't know, December 1st or December 10th or something when we made that choice and we looked up a race and we found one. And I don't remember exactly how long the training plan was or like how much time we had before the training plan began. Um, but we said, okay, that's going to be our New Year's thing. That's going to be, we're going to be running next year. And this is our big, one of our big goals for the year is get back into running by doing this Charlottesville half marathon. And what we did was like, we said, okay, well, we have 20 days till that starts. So why don't we do everything we possibly can now to make it likely that that will be successful, that we won't get hurt or get burned out or whatever. Um, so let's start, let's start getting in shape now. And we just started running in December when nobody was running because, you know, it's holidays and all it's cold. Uh, so that alone was kind of empowering to feel like, you know, that November project idea that it's like you're going out there when it's cold, when no one else is doing this. Uh, that's exciting. That is motivating. And so we started doing that. We just, there was less time pressure now because it's not like we were jumping right into a training plan. This was felt like it was bonus time. Uh, so it was okay to go just one mile the first day or, you know, maybe six miles the entire first week. Um, and the next week, maybe we started doing two and three mile runs. Maybe we maybe we put in ten or twelve miles. And then by the time New Year's hit, it was like we were back into running. We were over that hurdle that is probably the <coughs> hardest part. Excuse uh, me. Bless you, Doug. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but you know that that hurdle of getting started that that is the very hard part. That's why we haven't started any uh, videos yet. For, for <laughs> yeah, right. right. It's it's that I'm sure mm -hmm. once we made two of them, it'd be kind of easy to keep doing it. But it's that getting started hurdle that's hard. So we were over that, and the New Year's hit. And I don't know if our training plan actually officially began right then or if it was a couple weeks from then. But either way, it like it just felt like, wow, we've already begun. We have this head start because now everyone else we started seeing on the roads running. Uh, and it felt like not competing with those people, but it was like, wow, we have this head start over everyone else or, or over what our alternative would have been, the way we would have used to have done things. And it just felt really good. So that, that made me always think like, wow, it's, it just it's just starting to make December kind of my you're, I don't know. I feel like it's the best month for habit change because it feels like a head start. Uh, you can do something with a with an official date in mind that's a month from now, and now there's like no pressure. So it's really encouraging of the of the small steps feeling. There's not that you don't have impatience because it's all just sort of bonus time until the the real game begins on January first. So if if someone's listening to this and wants to go vegan for the first time, like what mm -hmm. what kind of steps would you recommend they take over the next fifteen days? So that is a little bit tricky because I, what I tell people, if they, if they are omnivorous and they are kind of curious and they think being vegan would be cool, I tend to tell people, like, just take a while to get there. And I know a lot of vegans don't like that way of thinking because they want someone to go vegan overnight, but I don't think that works. So that's not my approach. Um, the way I did it was, like, I, I stopped eating pigs and cows, four-legged animals, for a full year before I even tried to go further. You don't. You definitely don't have to wait that long because my I wasn't even at that point thinking that I was going to go further. I just didn't want to eat pigs or cows because I felt badly about that. Um, and but but it worked really well and it got me used to ordering from the menu and telling people and navigating social situations with, with a much easier task than saying I'm vegan. I would just said, oh, I don't eat red meat and I don't eat pork, and so that was a lot different. And so that's that's an example of a great small step and a whole lot of patience if I had even been setting my sights on vegan. So if you're trying to do it in two weeks. Um, 
obviously it's up to whoever's doing this to decide if they want to really go from omnivore to vegan in two weeks. And if you do, that's a whole lot better than doing it overnight, I think. Uh, or could you say, I'm going to be omnivore uh, now and in New Year's I'm going to begin being vegetarian, or maybe I'll be vegetarian out, I'll begin being vegan at home maybe then, and I'll still have vegetarian, you know, allowing cheese and things like that out for the next month or something. I don't know, whatever, whatever type of plan you would want. But I think the way to do it would be figure out what exactly you are going for. What is your January 1st? What are you beginning on January 1st? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I don't know, like if, if let's just say you're trying to become vegan at home on January 1st and it is now December 15th, it's kind of hard because you've got Christmas and all that to worry about uh, and families and all those things. But I would say, can you pick like, can you start being vegan until noon each day? Maybe for this first week. Just start with a smoothie. Like that's that's a pretty easy thing to do. I know you missed out. Maybe maybe Christmas Day is your exception if you have a traditional thing that you do, um, that it, that is not vegan at all. Then I don't know. Just try try to be that until noon for two weeks, or or even do it for one week, and then maybe for that next week try to be vegan until noon all week, but also on two or three of the days make those full vegan days and see what happens. And then you know you're getting some experience in doing that, and then come January 1st, I feel like it's, it's, that's way different than eating all the stuff you ordinarily would and right. then waking up January 1st and saying, okay, now I have to start. Even if you've gone and, and shopped. all the stuff like in the fridge. And... Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have prepared, even if you've like done the work of meal planning and shopping and throwing out your stuff, still to go from like, oh, yesterday I just ate the way I've been eating for the past 35 years. Mm-hmm. And now today I'm eating a hundred percent different from that. Uh, that's really hard. So that's how I would do it if you were trying to go from from omnivore to vegan in two weeks. Uh, I do think that's kind of a lot to take on. Not that you shouldn't. Like if that's if that is what is motivating to you and you think that gives you the best chance of success, then go for it. I don't want to prevent someone from trying to go vegan. Uh, but I just know for me and a lot of people, it seems that a little bit longer timeline works better. So I would I would be like vegan with some exceptions or vegetarian on New Year's and then you know maybe have a plan that you'll try that for. A week or two, and then then try to get to the next step. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's so that is that is it. I hope I hope it, we didn't talk about it that much, um, but I think it does a lot of really good things. Just this whole general concept of making December your month that where you prepare for New Year's. Um, right. And and I want to emphasize, just it's not just prepare; it's actually begin because I think building that momentum of actually having started takes away a lot of that that pressure, but still gives you that anticipation factor where you're still really excited and kind of nervous about New Year's, the day when it all begins, but you're actually taking action that prepares you, uh, not by just thinking about it and, and planning, but actually doing. I think, I don't know, I just, it, it has worked really well for me. I don't have evidence of that working well, but it just seems to go, it, it seems to use a lot of the habit change principles without really trying to. So I think that's why uh, it has worked. I like it. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> Good. I like it. I hear that. I, and I hear you've been doing some, uh, a little bit of extra planning and things this year for New Year's? Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether, what, what kind of got me going down this road, but, um, I've been doing a lot of like looking back at what I accomplished in last, in the past year mm-hmm. and, and also what I failed to accomplish. Yep. And where, you know, where I want to improve upon for next year. And it's just like, I've just, I'm in like lots and lots of thinking about it and just kind of like meditating on that idea and just kind of throwing around ideas for the next year and, and doing some kind of planning about, you know, how I can prevent some of the failures that I had this year. Yeah. And, and Katie's making some shifts uh, in her job as well. And, um, and so it's like, yeah, I don't know. She's been doing the same thing. We've been doing it together and kind of just thinking through things as a family. Um, and that's been, it's been, it's just been a really rewarding experience and it's got me really fired up for both running goals and career goals and, you know, just life, life things that hobbies and everything else that, that I just, uh, I'm feeling really excited about. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I really think, like I said, I only did it last time. I mean, not attached to any goal setting thing where, where you just last year, I just thought of what I did and what I failed at doing. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just feels really good. And it, I don't know. Somehow it's like, I feel like it actually makes you learn lessons. Uh, you know how like actually having to recall things helps you retain them so much better. Um, which is why I like, you know, the point of like quizzes in school or, or quizzes after reading a book, uh, seems like just 
kind of a dumb thing to test your knowledge of it, when in fact it's actually really, really valuable for increasing your retention. If your brain has to recall something, it is so much more likely to remember it. Um, and so nowadays, quizzes immediately after learning something are, are a really valuable tool. Uh, I think this is like, that's it's probably the bare minimum that we should be doing that, right? Once a year, looking back mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. kind of putting these little signposts in our mind that says, here's what we did that year and what we didn't do and what could we learn from that and maybe do better next year. Um, in fact, I, pe- people talk about doing this, that you should absolutely do this on a monthly basis, like take a day at the end of every month that is kind of your planning and, and review day. Uh, and then we've talked about before, even like having a weekly check-in thing. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Jeff Sanders is really big into that. Yes. Yep. And we've even gone to the point of, uh, like we talked about a while back, Seth Godin has this thing he did with um, Zig Ziglar's family after Zig Mm -hmm. died was this, his, uh, his pick four journal where it's these goals. Yeah. And each day, literally every day, you're supposed to write down the actions that you did. And then at the end of it, you say, is this enough? And it's just a simple yes or no. But what you were actually doing there is forcing yourself to reflect every single day on did I or did I not do what I said I was going to do? And uh, that's way different from the way most people did. Like we just mentioned with the, with the New Year's thing, that most people resolution setting is writing something down and then not revisiting it ever. So <laughs> the simple plan of having a check-in, even if it's a week from New Year's, like if you just had a calendar reminder that said, how are you doing on your plan? Uh, you know, that would help tremendously because it's, it is ha- forcing you to go back and think about it. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I think it's it's hard to carve out a day, a month, even for whatever reason. It just is uh, to reflect on what happened that month. But, man, I just think it is such a valuable activity. So I'm I'm glad, Doug, that you've started that as well. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm seeing that value firsthand. Good. <laughs> I like to hear that. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, planning also very important. I think we'll probably do another New Year's episode that is more about New Year's goals and things. But um, just for people, I don't know, because I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and learning about this stuff that planning is really really good so long as you don't actually get attached to those plans because you honestly have no idea how you're going to make something happen the vast majority of things that happen that we succeed in doing um are either entirely unexpected and we could not have planned for them at all or they just happen in a totally different way than we imagined getting to them Mm -hmm. and in my experience when i make detailed plans about how to do something it ends up that I don't get very far with it because it turns out that you could not stick to that schedule that you said. It turned out to be impractical for whatever reason um, or things just didn't happen the way you thought. And then you might still get the goal, just not the way you did it. Um, but what I think is interesting is like that doesn't mean that the planning itself is not a good experience. I think I think going through it and forcing yourself to say, how, what do I think is the best way I can get from here to there? Uh, I think that's really important. It gets your mind focused and thinking about ideas and, and thinking about what is the best way. And uh, usually so gets even you started. Right. Yeah. Right. And it gives you what to do tomorrow. Right. It gives you that step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also think this is something I've said before, but I probably not in a long time. That I I think when you make a plan for how you're going to get to some goal, the thing you can do tomorrow or the next day, um, usually that is a habit. Like like if you if your goal is to mm. write a book, um, yes, you could say I'm going to try to write the first chapter this month, uh, and then I'm going to write the next chapter the next month, and by the end of the year I'll have a 12 chapter book, but I think more important than that, as far as like what to do tomorrow, is begin the habit. Become a someone who writes every day. And if you're trying to be more artistic or whatever, like, or, or you have an art goal, or you know, I don't know anything about drawing, so what do I know? But like <laughs> having the goal of like being someone who comes up with five ideas a day, even if you just throw them right in the trash can, just beginning that habit. Um, I don't know. When people don't know where to start at a big giant goal, I think that's the place to do it. Is make yourself the type of person who achieves that goal. And usually that just means what is the one or two habits that a, that type of person would have? And then you can, you can start making those habits. Yeah, totally. But I, I, so I, I heard a little, well, I actually don't know anything about this, <laughs> but you mentioned you have something that's a little different than uh, your typical advice for this year. I, I do, yes. And so we have made small steps one of our things, right? One of our calling cards at No Me Nothing. We talk about it all the time. We learned it from Leo at Zen Habits. Uh, mm-hmm. And then... I don't know if he learned, he probably learned it from, uh, or he learned it from many sources, but I think he also read Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, which a ton of people have read because it was a smash hit. Um, yep. And it, you that, and I have read you that know, one. You have? Yeah. That's right. You have that yeah. on your shelf, right? Mm-hmm. Or you used to? <laughs> and I actually read it. <laughs> there you go. Not just a, <laughs> not just a nice decoration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, all that, all those have 
this what an idea that was kind of new, I think, a decade ago, was that like the reason we are all so bad at change is because we try to take on way more than we can actually handle. We th- we think we can handle way more than we can. Uh, it turns out that if you take on more than one habit at a time, or if you take on too large of steps in your habit, uh, that your willpower gets burned out long before you've repeated that activity enough time enough times for it to become an automatic habit that doesn't really take much willpower. And that's the idea. And if you can do that, if you can do that act enough times, however many that is, is unknown, but you know, it might, it might be a month. It might be two months. Depends on the difficulty of it. But, uh, if you can do that before your willpower runs out, then maybe then at that point, at some point it becomes much easier to do. And you know, you kind of win the game because you, you won the race against your willpower running out. So we've talked about that, that a whole lot and I love it. And it was counterintuitive and it is counterintuitive to most people. Um, I kind of have some challenges with it though now, Doug. I've I've come across Ooh, some. And this is not this is challenge. not from the Tony Robbins event. This was even before that. I was okay. kind of thinking. All about right, this. let's hear it. So, I'd say for the past five to eight years, I have known that advice, and yep. I've done it with some success. Uh huh. Um, but I also have used it a lot as kind of an excuse to stop or or to take it easy. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Like when I'm starting a new fitness thing or starting a new running thing and trying to get back into something, um, now now it's one more reason that small step idea. It's one more reason not to push yourself very hard at the end of a workout, right? You say I'm just going to mm. leave a little bit in the tank today so that I don't drain my willpower, so that tomorrow <laughs> the idea of running doesn't seem big and scary and hard because I made sure that today was easy, right? And so I think it kind of becomes a little bit of a cop out of a way to not have to, you know, stretch really. And I don't mean physically stretch, but stretch your your what you've got in you capacity. Yes, um, and so that's that's fine. You know, it it doesn't mean it was a bad thing, and it's I've, like I said, I've managed to use it a lot, and it has worked really well, and probably started a lot of habits that I otherwise would not have had I just dived into them one hundred percent. But I was thinking about we had we had uh, the Blue Zones author and Blue Zones of Happiness author Dan Butner. We had him on the podcast maybe about a year and a half or two ago. Uh, and I was talking to him about it, about habit change and how do you create habits that would make you happier? Cause this was to promote his, uh, his blue zones of happiness book where he looked around the happiest places in the world and talked about the habits those people had. Um, and at the end of it, I said, okay, so like if someone was just wanted a quick takeaway, in fact, I think it was around new year's, this was probably two years ago. Uh, and I said, if, if someone wanted to take away something from here and just start something, it's new year's, what's, what's the best habit somebody can begin to increase their happiness and have a good chance of, of working. I said, should they, should they start a meditation practice? Should they start, you know, try to start running or start a new workout thing? And his response, it kind of put me off a little bit. Not, not that he was wrong in saying it. It just disappointed me. He said, uh, he said, no, no, like those, he said, that's just a, it's just a failure to try to do those sort of things. Like it just, people just don't make those kind of habits last. What you need to do is, is, you know, move to a new neighborhood where you, where you will encounter people all the time, um, walking around the sidewalks or in your yard. Um, you know, those sorts of things are like, you take that action once it's done and then your happiness is permanently better for it because now your environment is just different and you automatically are more happy or happier, um, because these interactions happen. And so I heard that and it was like, I believe he's right. I believe that the research shows that the vast majority of people who, who, as we talked about with the new year's resolution thing, uh, and perhaps even when they try other forms of habit change, the vast majority of people don't make them last. They, they will fail. But I don't know, like, can we conclude from there that therefore it's not even good to try those things because we don't want to create a new reference point of failing at them? I don't think that's the answer, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't not try to improve ourselves and do these great things because most people can't make these things work. So, then I got to thinking that this small steps habit change advice, like that research kind of assumes that everybody's the same, right? That all of us are equally able to change. Um, okay. And that, and that if 90% of people change best when they take small steps compared to a very small amount of maybe achiever types, people who, who have lots of references of themselves achieving things and going for it and making it happen. And they have this belief that they can succeed, uh, which by the way, in, even in Duhigg's book, he puts that at the end. He says like, this is probably more powerful than all the other stuff. And there's even research that kind of demonstrates that it is. Um, the, the, the belief that you can, if you have the belief that you will succeed at whatever your change is that you're going for, 
that itself is more powerful than any of the techniques and things that you can do. That makes more of a difference than anything else, which sounds kind of airy-fairy, new age, you know, that if we believe something can happen, then it will. Uh, but it sounds like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I kind of got to thinking, like, we can either accept this at, or on a personal level. I was thinking, I can either accept this idea that the vast majority of people change better when they don't test their willpower, when they don't cause much strain on the willpower and take very tiny steps. Um, so I can do that and just say that's how I'm going to make changes. Or the other idea would be to say, tell myself that I'm not one of those people and that mm. that advice is based on what works for most people, but I'm not one of them. And tell myself that the reason I'm not one of them is because I truly do believe that I can, that, that I am not one of them, mm. right? That, that I can change because of that. Interesting. So the, the leap here is it's a leap of faith, right? You have to make this kind of, it, that's not a good logical argument. You can't say, well, I'm going to be one of those because I'm going to believe it. It's hard to, right? It's hard, the whole idea of, of a belief, it's kind of strange to imagine yourself choosing what you're going to believe or believing something because you believe that that belief makes it work, right? It's, it's it sort of sounds like circular kind of reasoning. And that's where there's this leap. But I have found myself asking that. Like, what if, what if instead of focusing on small steps, I just really focus on, on honestly believing that I am uh, exempt from that small step thing and that the <laughs> massive action is going to work uh, because I've seen myself take massive action on goals and making it work. Right. And it doesn't mean that I have every time because I, I think that's why the small step stuff appealed to me because it came at a time for me shortly after I had kids um, or my first kid when I, I had a string of like not being very good at making changes and saying I was going to do something and then two days later I was already off the wagon and then then that cycle I talked about before where then it's one hour after your, your declaration, you're suddenly off of it. And then you just give up and you say, oh, well, I guess I'm not good at changing anymore. Um, so the small step stuff came at the right time for me then. But now, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering like, like if instead I think of a different period of my life when I, when I was more of a like massive action type. Um, and if I, if I choose to think about those references instead of the ones where it didn't work, then maybe I'm in a different boat. And, and suddenly... New Year's goals and things get way more exciting when I think when I don't have to think about being patient enough to take small steps, but think, wow, what could I what could I do in six months if I really really went for it? So have you have you put this to the test yet? <laughs> no, I haven't at all. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I what my goals are yet. I, I've thought okay. about them a little all bit. Right. Certainly did uh-huh. it at the Tony Robbins thing, but um, you know, I don't know. It's I'm I'm used to not thinking that big recently. Like I just haven't. I just with mm-hmm. with responsibilities and family and thing it's been easy to put other other people first and not not have giant goals um but i don't know so i just i was i found this to be an interesting train of thought and uh i'm kind of excited about about new year's for that reason because i think maybe maybe that very that very train of thought will, will kind of open me up to having some bigger ideas for what what i might do and anyway i'm talking about myself here but i'm hoping that anyone listening to this uh will will realize that i'm talking about you too if if that resonates mm-hmm. with you well i believe in you matt <laughs> good Thanks, i man. do and and uh our all of our listeners probably do as well and uh and we'll be we'll i you know i'm excited to hear what you decide to set your sights on <laughs> good but again the point is not is not me right i'm not saying this so that people can track my progress as i try to no, say I know, it because but... i want i want people to believe that they can make a big giant change and understand that if they really can get themselves to believe that they are capable of it then, then maybe they take themselves out of that. Take themselves out of that giant group of people who can only change if they have the smallest possible steps. And who Dan Buettner will say, "No, it's not worth trying to make a fitness change or meditation habit because it's not going to last." So maybe we should have a prove Dan Buettner wrong challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we need. And that's and that's that's what this whole episode is to announce: our prove Dan Buettner wrong challenge. <laughs> No, no. no. I, like I said, I think that stuff is right. I think that is, if you look at the, everyone as one large group, then yes, right. that's how you get most people to make the change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder what happens if we think about people, if we separate people based on their own belief in their ability to change. Then what mm-hmm. happens? Mm-hmm. So, there you go. I like it, Matt. I think that's it's an interesting interesting way to think about things and interesting approach. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you might fail, but that's okay. And other people are listening to this you know, very well might fail as well, but, uh, and if you do, then what we've been also saying the whole time is cause we've, we've gotten some pushback before we had it with Rip Esselstyn on this podcast, uh, 2014, probably circa mm-hmm. 2014 when we said, look, Rip, we know you like this 28 day engine two 
thing. I mean, that's how you change your fire department. But that, but the research shows that habit change happens better when it is in small steps and not mm-hmm. not a big giant all at once twenty eight day challenge. Although I do like a nice deadline driven challenge. Um, and his argument there was, yes, I see what you're saying, but when you really go for something all at once, like when you go vegan overnight, uh, if there are results to be gotten by the way you are eating, and for most people when they make a switch to a plant based diet, if they're doing it, doing it correctly, then then there are results to be gotten in terms of weight loss and energy and all these other things. Um, that if you really go for something 100%, you're going to get those results sooner. You will get, right. you'll start seeing differences after maybe one week, in ter- maybe even sooner than that in terms of how you feel. Uh, and soon after that, you'll start to see body weight coming off or who knows what. Uh, and he said that those results are what is what keeps you going for the rest of your challenge and maybe for the duration. Maybe then you're vegan for life because you got these early results that kept you going. And mm-hmm. the small steps approach admittedly does not give you that at all. Uh, it, it gives you no results except in your head, except in building a habit. You become someone who's capable of running every day or who views themselves as someone who who can eat a slightly better diet than they did the day before. Um, and so you're building this habit, but you're not seeing any tangible results yet for three, six months, or who knows how long. So right. um, what we've always said to, to sort of uh, make those people happy, and, and because, honestly, I've always thought there's something interesting about this massive action approach and i wouldn't have wanted when i was all fired up to make change i don't know that i want to hear the small steps advice so what i've always said is uh is go for your big thing like if you're inspired to make a big drastic move and like really go all in with something right away overnight um kind of like i just described if you really believe in yourself that you can do it then it probably is worth a try but the really important thing is not to if it fails not to say oh i guess it didn't work and that i'm done with that change because my approach didn't work no you say my approach didn't work my all-in massive action approach didn't work. So now, since I have evidence that that didn't work for me, I can try this other way. And that can be phase two of your plan. Is If this all-in massive action overnight approach didn't work, then try the small step approach. And now you've got a two-phase plan, and I think that's one that's better than uh, than a simpler one. Yep. That's, Good. that's um, yep, um, absolutely. That's what's worked for me, is that going all-in, failing, and then building off of whatever momentum I, I, yes. I, I created by going all in i like it one thing i would add to that is for your all-in thing anyone listening here is going to try this multi-pronged approach of ours um put put a deadline on your all-in thing right if you're going to be vegan if you're if you're saying i'm let's let's not do vegan because that that is an emotionally charged issue for people let's say you're going to become a runner um let's do be vegan it's easier (laughs) 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 i think i think yes you can on new year's say i'm i'm vegan now and i'm vegan forever Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way of doing it, all in massive action. Or you could say, I'm vegan now and I'm vegan for 10 days. Or I'm vegan now and I'm vegan for 30 days. Of course, that's not saying that when you reach the end of that, you have to quit, right? right. The point is that hopefully you won't. The point of that is so that when on day five, you get really sick of it and, and you're thinking, man, I really want whatever, cheeseburger, buffalo wings, whatever. Uh, you don't say, I want that now and I can never have that again. You just have to say, okay, I only have to make it five more days and then I will have completed my challenge and at that point, I can decide whether I want to be vegan. And I think, I guess some people could argue that that, that that gives you an out after 10 days, but I think it gives you a whole lot of ins because you you stay on board knowing you only have to get a certain more days. And then once you're there, you're hopefully in a much better state to decide whether you want to extend this to 30 days. That's how I that's how I became vegetarian and then eventually vegan. It was by trying those those time-based challenges. Uh, so that's, that's what I would suggest rather than saying massive action, my life is totally different now forever. Just say, I'm doing the all-in thing, and I'm going to go till the end of January. And at that point, I'm going to assess whether I'm going to keep doing this. Because then, then you got, it makes it easier to win. Yeah. i 100% on board with that. Yeah. As you know, as we've said before. Then we have a multi-pronged approach to habit change. Hey, we should, we should start a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I think we're done then, Doug. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think we've reached a natural end. Actually, so let's let's wrap it up, I guess. All right, good. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll be back for. You're not you're not going to Spain or Tony or anything next week. I have no more trips of any kind this whole this whole year. I have, <laughs> I have Christmas. I have a birthday coming up. Yep. Oh, the beignets turned out well. I did a little trial oh. run of the beignets. Yeah, and, uh, they were awesome. I made about six of them and then threw away an entire massive batch of dough because I was leaving the next morning early. Oh. Uh, but they worked, they worked really well. Best thing I've ever deep fried. Most success I've ever had deep frying something. 
Hey, that's cool. Yeah, they came out light and golden and fluffy. They puffed up and they had real airy pockets in them. Uh huh. Like a good yeasty donut does. Did, did you do any sort of uh, powdered sugar like we talked about? No, didn't do that. I just sprinkled some regular sugar on right now. But I, I do need to do that. Like the the blend tech idea. I think that mm-hmm. is a good one. I definitely need to experiment when I'm not when I don't have an impending trip. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to follow up about the uh, the eggnog. Did you the veg nog? Did you uh, go no? To that that party? party is that party is coming up. Oh okay uh, okay. In two days. No tomorrow. Uh, what I did though, Doug, inspired by that conversation was went online and ordered, uh, the cousin Eddie moose mug, you know, the, the class, uh, <laughs> the class thing he drinks out of in that uh-huh. one scene. Yeah. And it's a costume party. It's, it's either a costume party or wear an ugly Christmas sweater. Okay. So Aaron went to Target and got these Christmas sweaters that uh, stores now sell Christmas, ugly Christmas sweaters, like because yep. they're ugly and it's just a thing. Uh-huh. I didn't want to do that. I was not into that. So what I did was went to the thrift <laughs> store, and I got Cousin Eddie's outfit from that scene where he's wearing this white, awful, like, V-neck golf sweater, but it's so thin that you can see that dicky thing he's wearing under it, this, this like, little turtleneck that only kind of covers the very top of his, like, his ribs, basically. You uh, found one of those? No, I just found a regular turtleneck that I'm going to cut so that it doesn't oh, like that. Okay. But I found a, sw- a thin white top. Not quite a V-neck sweater, but, but pretty good. And uh, so that's that is so my, good. That is my costume. That's yeah, hilarious. I'm I love it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun. It will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So, Vegnog, I'll, I'll report back on that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But you had it, right? Yeah. Oh, I've been drinking it. a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of it. I actually decided yesterday. It's like because it's not good for you <laughs> at all. There's no like like the the liquor in there is not good for you the <laughs> the amount of sugar in each of these drinks <laughs> I'm like I can't so liquor in it, liquor's in it already you don't no no, no I I add oh you add your I, or I, it already I, is but you add more no no uh, you get it at the grocery store and it's okay. it's virgin and then you gotcha add so is this one of your is this one of your New Year's goals is get off the veg <laughs> get off the veg no I think I think uh, I think I have enough willpower to um, <laughs> just <laughs> to just it out wow yeah well use our multi-pronged approach like if it doesn't work the first time <laughs> just lean yourself I'll, off I'll, I'll go big and see how how epically i fell at that and then exactly and don't make it your whole life you don't have to be off veg for your life just go mm-hmm. say you're gonna go 10 days mm-hmm. without veg until christmas I, I think i can do it 10 days till, and till if you start christmas. craving it just think i gotta just get 10 more days and then i can days. and i can <laughs> choose good oh man well all good right. all right well uh yeah, I'll talk so to you next we'll week. Have, hopefully we'll have uh, one or two more episodes before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. At least one. Definitely. But we'll see. If, if we don't talk to everyone, I hope you enjoy uh, Christmas if you celebrate it, or Hanukkah if you celebrate it, or my birthday if you celebrate it, or Kwanzaa, <laughs> or Boxing Day. So many good things to celebrate this year. It's yeah. Are you years. doing anything big for your birthday that everyone should be invited to? Uh, trying to figure that out. If you guys are in town, you're welcome to come over to it. Not the whole... Uh, not the whole audience, just just you, Doug. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do something. We'll have, we'll have some family in town, okay. and uh, a friend okay. of mine, a friend of mine from from Sarasota is coming up. They're just coming to Asheville, so we were going to invite them. To nice. Come do whatever we do. I don't know what. Something little. Maybe maybe a little uh, Hillman Brewing experience. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right. Well. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye, everyone.